You are now listening to the Unshakable Health Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. All right. Another day, another week, another month. Holy smokes. We are cruising through the month of uh, November. And oh my gosh, I have been bouncing all over the place through just lots of time zones, lots of changes in weather going from sub-zero and single digits in the mountains to Florida to Hawaii to Utah and all over again. Just been doing some crazy treks for work and for family and all the things. And I am just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're a part of the show. I thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. And I just want you to know that this is what pumps me up, like all of this craziness that's going on in the world and in my life with travel and family and all the things like you guys are what keeps me going and excited. And so thank you in advance for being a part of the show, being a part of this unshakable health movement and for placing you as a priority in your life because you can do anything. And I really believe that you can change your health and you can change your life. And you've got this, like the power is in your hands. It's so cool to know that now we have so much data behind this whole notion of epigenetics, the genes sort of above the control of the genes, which is all the things, all the things that we do or all the things that we don't do. We literally get to decide whether our genes get turned on or turned off. And so most overwhelming majority over 90% of our health outcomes is not is not in our DNA. It is not in our genes. We're not destined to be a certain way necessarily for the most part. We have control over our outcome. And that's what's so cool about this movement, Unshakable Health. We're learning how we can optimize health, optimize life. So we strive and <clears throat> not just simply survive life. And so Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this. I want to thank uh, reviewer Tap Nelson, um, who dropped a five-star review over there on Apple. And I just want you to know, I read each and every one of your reviews, especially if they're over on Apple or on Amazon with my book, Preventable, Five Powerful Practices to Avoid Disease and Build Unshakable Health. It's there. It's there for you. And if you drop me a review over there on Apple or Amazon, you will be entered to win a free autograph signed dedicated copy of my book that you can get. And wouldn't this be so cool? The holidays are coming up. I would love it if you bought a couple of copies of my book because it is life-changing. The new year is going to be upon us before we know it. And these tools and strategies can really just help you optimize health, optimize life. So make sure you grab a copy over there on Amazon. And make sure you drop a review because you could even get a free copy autographed by me. I'll dedicate it to you. So here's her review. She says, Dr. Hemingway, I can't thank you enough for this podcast. And for the episode on the thyroid, I have a great alternative medicine doctor who had me on a natural thyroid replacement for decades and now a thyroid supporting supplement as well. But I learned so much more about taking care of my thyroid tonight on this terrific podcast, exclamation point times two that mentions uh, about iodine and fibrocystic breast problems was worth so much to me. Many thanks. Tap Nelson, uh, thank you so much for dropping that review. You'll be entered to win a free copy of my book. And any of you guys and gals out there that drop a review over there on Amazon or on Apple, please do that. It just helps so much move this message forward. In fact, right now on Amazon, we're creeping up to the 50 review threshold where they will start sharing this book with other people, suggesting it, because once they hit 50, you can really 
be able to, you know, get the message out. They'll start sharing it, suggesting it to other people looking for health topics. And so thank you in advance for doing that. If you haven't yet, please do it. It's super easy to do on Amazon. Hit the review uh, area where the stars are, the five stars, the one farther to the right, and then just type a little something about what you're loving and learning on Apple. It's just as easy. Just scroll down to ratings or review. And right below the five stars, there's a little button that says write a review on the left. And just tell me what you're learning and loving and appreciating. You can also always tag me on Insta at Dr. Thomas Hemingway. That's Dr. Thomas Hemingway. You can send me a message there over there on Facebook. Or you can even email me for crying out loud. I check all of my own messages. And at this point, I'm still answering them personally. And so I love to hear from you. Thank you in advance for that. And today we're going to get into a really cool show, one that we've never done before. This is about a family who was really wanting to give their kids the best possible nutrients. And what they found, especially in baby food, there wasn't a lot of great options out there, to be honest. And this is changing. It's changing quickly. In fact, they... <laughs> They just didn't take no for an answer. They started a company to make not only organic and high quality baby foods, but they are even trying to push into the market of baby formula because a lot of this stuff out there is just not awesome. In fact, who knew that most of the baby formulas out there have the dreaded, highly processed, industrialized seed oils. And so they're making this mission to change the world one baby at a time, and they are amazing. This is none other than the founders of Serenity Kids, and I had the opportunity to chat with Joe at length. We talked all about not only his mission, but also his story. He started out with lots of challenges with autism and how as he changed his health, he changed his life. We talked about their uh, sweet little girl, Della, and how they came up with this idea to make you know, basically the best quality baby food that I'm aware of on the market through Serenity Kids. We talked about that. We talked about kids in general. We talked about diet and how do you get your kids to eat healthy? Like all these cool things. How, how do they eat healthy? How do they encourage their daughter to eat healthy despite, you know, being in school and being around other kids that may not be eating as healthy? Like all the things we, we talk about parenting, so many cool things. And so, I hope you'll get so much value from this episode. Certainly, if you have kids like I do, I'm sure you will. And if you don't have kids, maybe you have kids in the family, whether it be you're an auntie or an uncle or you're a grandparent or you're just a friend to, to folks that have kids. I think this episode will really help each and every one of them out there as long as they're human because we talk about a lot of points that will help with just healthy eating, healthy lifestyle. And so can't wait to get into this with Joe and Serenity Carr, and we're going to be chatting with Joe right here. So here we go. Well, super pumped today. We have an amazing guest uh, who actually came up with something that, to be honest, I'm a little jealous about because I got six kids, as most of my listeners and viewers know, and I would have loved to have this thing that he and Serenity came up with a few years back available when my kids were young. But we have uh, Joe Carr here on the show today. Welcome, Joe. Hey. Hey, great to have you, Joe. Um, as we say in Hawaii, a big aloha and warm welcome to you. Thanks for thanks for joining us. I, I just love to hear a little bit of the backstory. How did how did Joe and Serenity come up with this whole idea of the baby food, the baby formula? When I think the idea came out, you guys didn't even have kids. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know, I've always wanted kids, so I've been spending my whole life planning my kids. I actually <laughs> drew drew future pictures of my children when I was five. Whoa! So Jason and Brittany were their names. I still have those little pictures I drew, uh, and uh, and I had a rough childhood. I'm autistic. I wasn't diagnosed as a child, 
So had a had a had a difficult time, a lot of bullying, a lot of punish unfair punishment, and just a lot of challenges. And so I you know left me really passionate to change the world for kids. So I've always been looking for but what's the best way that I can I can change the world for kids? I, I had started a, a youth program, after school and summer program. I'd planned to morph into like a full-time school, uh, eventually an intergalactic network of community <laughs> education centers was my first vision. It's going to transform the school system intergalactically. I love it. Uh, and uh, that was a very tough business model after school and summer programming, very, very challenging. So it's kind of the entre- first entrepreneurial adventure that uh, didn't quite work out. My wife, Serenity, had a lot of health challenges as a kid. She was underweight and sick all the time, under just way overuse of antibiotics. Like she was just on antibiotics, constantly killed her gut. Also very sensitive to a lot of food. Turns out she was gluten and dairy intolerant, which, you know, kids' foods in the 80s, that was <laughs> all we ate. That was the know, mainstay. Chef, <laughs> mac and cheese and, yeah, Chef Boyardee, you know. So she was really sick and, and had to take medicine every day just to eat in adulthood. She was just constantly, she was on all kinds of medication just to deal with her, her stomach. Turns out it was leaky gut. Didn't know what that was at the time, but she got tired of taking that medication and did research and discovered that uh, she could change her diet and adopted the paleo diet, um, which in 2010 was very, very new. She was a very early paleo adopter. And when I met her, she taught me about paleo and that helped me because as an autistic person, I'm very sensitive to foods and uh, different allergies and I had heavy metal toxicity and all kinds of, of issues with food I had. So paleo was really great for me too. So we were big paleo fans. She had started, uh, she'd left her career in Fortune 500 companies to become a paleo food coach to help people <laughs> heal themselves with food. Amazing. Also very tough business model. Uh, so we both sort of had these kind of failed but very passion, mission-oriented business ideas. And we were getting serious. Like I said, I'd always been planning to have babies. So as soon as we were serious, I was like, let's have a baby. And she was like, okay, I'm open to that, but let's see, let's check out baby food. What would we feed a baby, <laughs> right? Because we don't, we don't want her to be sick like, uh, like we were. Yeah. So like, let's check out the baby foods. We were at a Paleo FX conference in 2016, this big paleo conference. And we looked for the baby stuff and we looked all around and there was nothing. No <laughs> nada. <baby>. Yeah, nada. <laughs> and, you know, we went up to the head of the conference. We were like, you know, we, we were friends with her. We we're like, where are the baby stuff? She's like, you know, I ask myself that every year. Uh, when are there going to be paleo foods or, or, or toys or whatever for babies? And so this kind of, I was like, hey, you know, I'm passionate changing the world for kids. You're passionate about health. We both really would like to start a business that that could potentially be a bigger model and decided to look into it. She did an, a ton of research on infant nutrition. You know, we weren't even pregnant, but she was like learning, becoming an expert in infant nutrition and discovered that babies, you know, need essentially Breast milk. Breast milk's nature's perfect <laughs> Number baby. Number one, food, yeah, absolutely. Right. And breast milk <laughs> is this really nice balance of fat, carbs, and protein, and is an animal product. I like to call it a free range animal product. <laughs> and so she thought if we were going to make baby food based off breast milk, what would that look like? Right. It'd look like, you know, animal products, meat, uh, protein, really high in fat, really good fats, and then healthy carbohydrate sources. So we thought, okay, cool. Let's go to the baby aisle and see who's doing this. We went to the baby <laughs> aisle. That was not what we found. All We found all fruit purees, so super sugary fruit purees, highly processed fruit, and grain-based snacks like rice and snacks. We didn't even eat that stuff. Like mm-hmm. We were paleo. We were meat, veggies, fats, no grains, no sugars, 
uh, you know, no processed foods. And yet the baby food was, was all processed sugar and grains. Yeah. And we were like, man, this is terrible. She got really mad. She was like, this is why I'm sick <laughs> because of foods like this. Yeah. And so we got really mad and she got really passionate about changing this. And and we started talking to industry experts and, you know, did our best to, to, to learn as we went along. It took us two years to launch the products. We went into our kitchen, made them. Uh, we were actually living in a housing co-op at the time. There was nine of our roommates. We had to reserve the kitchen to make these baby food oh, purees. Well, our friends thought we were crazy. Uh, and we were making these and passing them out to babies all around town. We found our friends with babies and their friends with babies were driving these baby food samples to people we'd never met, knocking on their door like, hey, are you Camille's friend? Here's the baby food. Let us know what you think. <laughs> And you know, it was just we just made baby foods like the way we ate. We mixed meats and and veggies and and good fats uh, until until they tasted good, right? M- using breast milk as the as the macronutrient goal, so that mm-hmm. balance of fat, protein, and carbs similar to breast milk. And it it was great. Babies loved it. Moms loved it. Everybody's like, "Where can I get more of this? I need more of this." So, <laughs> you know, we we took us a long time to figure out how to make a high fat meat puree on equipment designed for fruit purees. Everybody else mm. was making fruit-based baby food, so yeah. we were trying to use the same factories, and it was very hard. Uh, so it took us two years, but but we spent that time brand building and building our team, and ended up raising some some investor capital, and then the products ended up launching the same day our baby was born. Wow, that's incredible! In the process we got I'm sure unplanned that way. That's probably totally a little unplanned. stressful. To- <laughs> yeah, no, so stressful. It was like giving birth to twins, basically. Like she was birthing our baby Della, and I was birthing the products. And uh, you know, the products were a year late. Baby was a couple of weeks early, and it all ended up being the same day, which was just that message from the universe that yeah. this is that always meant to be. Uh, but that was our first two products, August 5th of 2018. We launched two pouches online. And, you know, a few months later, we got a call from Whole Foods asking to put us in nationally. So we launched in all Whole Foods stores in February of 2019. So not even five years ago that we launched in retail. And now we're in 18,000 stores nationwide. We're the fastest selling baby food in all the different categories. We have 28 different products uh, with more on the way. And it's just been a crazy journey. Yeah, no, that's it's incredible. What uh, I think, just like you said, the the launch date, how how fortuitous, fortunate, mm-hmm. blessing, all of the things that came together. To I mean, it's obviously memorable forever for that, especially for yeah. you guys with your mm-hmm. daughter. And uh, yeah, what an amazing, what an amazing timing to have. And like I said, I have six kids, and none of them had the opportunity to be able to use your products because they were all beyond that. And I, I, I was like you, but I just didn't, you know, I, I sort of trained in traditional medicine and just even stepping outside that box, which was the way that I was taking care of myself and eating real foods and doing things that were more natural. All my colleagues thought I was crazy enough just for that, but yeah. uh, to think about, you know, feeding my kids a different way. I mean, we just threw stuff in the blender. That's what we did. I mean, we did our best. Yeah. That's what people have to do, right? I'm sure but, they turned out great. Six kids, you you survived. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We survived. They survived. They're healthy and they're bouncing off the walls and they're, awesome. they're just a bundle of joy, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious, you know, when you were coming up with, obviously you use sort of the pattern of breast milk and the macronutrient mm-hmm. profile there. Um, when you looked at the available, you know, options, which were primarily the fruit, you know, and veggie purees that were super high carbs and didn't have really 
the you know right profile, if you will, for for Mother Nature, you know, for breast milk, which has yeah. the, the fats and the protein, and then of course some carbs, and you didn't mm-hmm. see any of that. What um, what was it that I mean, you you guys were doing the paleo thing in your own diet, so that was a good cornerstone to kind of base the baby food off of. Was it surprising or not surprising to see the lack of, or or really just the absence of? of any healthy baby food out there. I mean, did it surprise you or what were you, th- I mean, I'm just curious. We were, yeah, we were very surprised, you know, I mean, we'd been seeing these health trends in the rest of the grocery store, right? Yep. We'd seen good regenerative meats being featured, more good fats, lower sugar. There were some grain-free options. There was, se- you know, more rising awareness about seed oils, mm-hmm. you know, Primal Kitchen had their avocado mayonnaise, yep. Siete had their tortillas, you know, there was Simple Mills was rocking it with their crackers. Uh, you know, Epic Bar had blown up grass-fed regenerative meats. So we thought, yeah, there'd be something, <laughs> uh, right? Like that there'd be something in baby, uh, or at least the, like we expected to find some stuff that maybe we could improve upon a little, but it, it would be so night and day was outrageous because so many moms, they don't know, they don't have market or have to time to research it like serenity did mm-hmm. you know she uh th- they're going to go to the baby aisle and say oh what should i feed my baby at six months I-, I assume what is here is probably what i need to feed my baby so maybe <laughs> babies don't need meat maybe <laughs> babies don't need fat you know, maybe fruit and veggies is the right thing to start babies off because it's easier to digest or something so we had to do a lot of education mm-hmm. like people saying well when what when can babies eat meat was a common question we're like as soon as they're eating food, yeah, as soon like, as they can like swallow they, appropriately and can eat yeah, it. Yeah, meat <laughs> is the best first food. It's the most like breast milk of any other food. It's more like breast milk than vegetables. It's more like breast milk than 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 cow's milk. It's actually easier to digest for a lot of babies than than other milk because the meat enzymes, the stomach's just designed to to process animal products um, and meat and bone broth and liver. So ideal first foods really are like egg yolk liver, any kind of pureed meat, really good fatty cuts of meat, you know, wild caught salmon, right? Like they need a lot of fat. They need good meat, really good animal products, then some vegetables, right? And then fruit. And as far as we're concerned, never grains. But if you're going to do grain much later, like grains, like, you know, uh, well after a year, where you could start to introduce grains if you want, but to us, it's not not a healthy food that's that's ever needed. But certainly you know, rice cereal at six months, which is what the pediatrician association says yeah. is not good for babies. Yeah, it's no, I couldn't agree more. Not, <laughs> not the best and it's still crazy to think that those types of recommendations are still there very much alive and well. And it's, I mean, not only I think is it sad, unfortunate, and really, I think we have so much knowledge now. It should shock people that that these recommendations are still still there because they're they're not the best thing. And like you said, we recognize all us as humans recognize animal proteins better than just about mm-hmm. any other thing because that what's you know we're made of that. We know how to digest yeah. those um, proteins, if you will, whether it be from a grass fed beef or or what have you, the salmon mackerel, you know, any any kind of mm-hmm. animal protein. We know how to do that we were designed to do that <laughs> right and all these other yeah. you know ultra processed foods that sadly right now and i'm sure you're very familiar i mean let's skip a couple of years your daughter is a little older now in, mm-hmm. in her age group about 70 some odd percent of all of the all of the calories in her age group in this country are consumed from not just processed foods but ultra processed foods i'm curious your yeah. thoughts on that does your daughter go to regular school does she see what they're feeding at, at school lunches and things with friends like how does that work with her 
coming from a family like yours where you're very much centric on on real foods and eating for sure yeah in that paleo way yeah yeah she's five now and so she just started kindergarten yeah. uh she was at a backyard preschools eight kids in this woman's backyard it was like mm-hmm. neverland back there <laughs> so she was very protected there this school is is an alternative style school with a of the huge health focus they have gardens and goats oh. and chickens and so it's still very healthy i haven't you know she just the school year just started so i haven't really been there enough to see what her friends are eating, but I suspect it's at least it's not Cheez-Its, you know. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably some of the more natural style. You know, they still have veggie straw. Uh-huh. And, and is eating, but mostly she's pretty healthy and we send, she's a very good eater, like we send her you know, very animal-centric meals, lots of great meat, uh, lots of good veggies. Green olives are her favorite Yay. food. So she'll eat as many green olives as we will <laughs> we'll let her eat, uh, you know. And so we we keep that, you know, pretty pretty fresh, you know, some some fruit, some berries, uh, you know, but, but a lot of that starts in infancy. There's this flavor window. If you feed them really savory, diverse foods early on, it's much easier to get them to eat a more diverse diet later. Yeah. And that was another really angering thing about all the sweet, <laughs> sweetened baby foods was that they're training kids to be sugar addicts, yeah. right? They're training the palate to prefer sugar, which everybody knows you do not need to teach kids to like sugar, right? We're going to naturally <laughs> like sugar. So you need to teach them to like liver <laughs> and salmon. And, you know, for her, olives have been, she loved those green olives. I always get a, used to get a Bloody Mary and would give her the olives <laughs> from the Bloody Mary when we were waiting for food to come. And I think that's how she got her love of all of us, you know, but she loves those like bitter and savory foods and a much more diverse palate. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I I think when you definitely, you, I think have blessed your, your daughter Della so much with that from an early age with savory foods, as you say, because I think a lot of us, including me, didn't really do that as well as we could have, you know, one, because the available yeah. options weren't there. Sure, so hard. And, yeah. you know, when you're a busy parent and you're trying to do what your pediatrician says, and you know, start them on the rice cereal and then add the whatever it is, Gerber or whatever mm-hmm. else that they have available, which is not high quality <laughs> baby food. They, you know, have many times, I would say the most common thing is most kids have started, like you said, with that ultra sweet, ultra processed, high carbohydrate, um, rich foods, which, which is not ideal, but I will say that it is possible to change it up and mm-hmm. it's, it's not yeah. an overnight thing, <laughs> Yep, but it is possible. It's never too late. It, yeah. it is you, never they'll, too they'll late. They'll only eat what you buy <laughs> yeah. in the end. Parents forget that they control what is in the house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even if they, you just have to be prepared for the battle. Yeah. The tears, the frustration. We still, and we, it's not like we don't have battles with Della. I mean, she still loves sugar. Yeah. And there are some treats we let her have, but it's like, it's the, the battle's always the, what goes with the treat. You know, she doesn't get sugar without protein. Yeah. The metabolic balance, you know, my wife and I've both worn blood sugar monitors. Like we were really aware of the role of carbs and sugar in metabolic health and how easy it is to offset carbs and sugar with protein and fat. And so we tell our daughter, it's like, not that you can't ever eat carbs. You just can't eat them by themselves. Yeah. You just need to have it together. And so she can, she can have a treat, you know, she can have things. We just ask that she has some protein with it and it's very, but it's still very hard for her. I mean, she just not being able to control her food and eat whatever she wants is hard for any kid. Oh, for and sure. And it's just a battle you're always going to have. So it's <laughs> like, even, you know, even it can make as easy as possible, but ultimately 
you know, you don't have the processed foods, the sugary foods in the house, they're, they can't eat them. Yeah. And yeah, they eventually will eat. You serve them food. They might complain about it and, you know, boycott for a while, but eventually they will be hungry and they will eat it. Yeah. And like, that's really <laughs> tough for a lot of parents to realize that you just leave the food there and be prepared to handle their feelings. You know, don't cave just because they're, because they're complaining or don't freak out because they're having feelings like feelings are normal for kids and toddlers. <laughs> anyway, they're going to have a tanner about something else if it's not food. So, you know, just try to, to keep the healthiest foods in the house and try to meet their preferences as much as possible, right? Within the bounds of, of healthy foods, we yeah. give her choices. Uh, but ultimately, like if she goes to a party and eats some veggie straws, you know, has some birthday cake at a birthday, it's not a big deal. It's like yeah. occasionally, you know, it'll make a big deal out of it. Uh, you know, but at what what she eats at home and what we send to school, like that's that's the the base of her diet. Yeah. And that's like you said, it's definitely under your control as parents. I mean, you guys are the ones that stock the kitchen, pantry, refrigerator, whatever's available. Yeah. You put it there. <laughs> and so I, mm -hmm. I share the same thing with uh, the patients and folks I work with is that at the end of the day, you're in charge. You, you are the parent. And actually, if you make those good options available, eventually they'll get hungry enough to eat them. And, I, and I'll have to say, I've yeah. been through it all because we didn't always feed our kids as great as we do now. I mean, we generally sure. ate pretty well over the years. You know, my oldest two are in college and my youngest mm -hmm. two are in elementary school. So we still have younger kids and they've gone through those kind of growing pains, even, even present day, because, you know, they see what's available at school. They go to a regular elementary school and we actually look at their little school lunch menu and they almost never can find anything that they want to eat, honestly. And they yeah, look at this right? stuff and they're like, dad, they, they served up this thing. It was like, like a ball looked like Play-Doh. And they said it was like a Ugh. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it looked like Play-Doh. Like, I don't even know what that thing was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Totally. But you're right. If you provide those options for your kids, they're, they're going to eat them if that's all there is mm -hmm. there. And they might kick and scream yeah. for the first few weeks. And, and we had some of that here and there. And what I found works really well is we have like on our center island in the kitchen, we have bowls of nuts and mm. then we have berries nice. in the fridge and they know certain things they can just go for any time of the day. And it's yeah. always real whole kind of single ingredient foods. And you mentioned olives. I have a daughter that loves olives like crazy, oh, cool. even the real bitter green ones. Like you say, mm -hmm. she just yeah. loves them. She loves those things. She could eat them all day long. So I have to almost limit how many of those she Yeah, eats. it's true. It's great fat. It's a yeah. hot lot of sodium. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have to like, otherwise she's wanting anything else. So I, I'm curious, you mentioned that, you know, you'll let uh, her have a treat uh, now and then. What what are kind of your go-to, like, healthy-ish treats that are available for yeah, her? Yeah, so she's loves sugar. We decided, you know, sugar and TV were both things that were a constant <laughs> battle. Yeah. It was just like, and, you know, and so I decided, like, let's decide she gets one treat a day and 20 minutes of TV a day, and that's it. So she gets to choose <laughs> when it is. But that's the amount. So there's no more negotiation. There's no more pleading. Not that she doesn't try to get more, but it's like, is it clear, set this clear expectation. So I made this lunchbox of treats that are all sweet tasting, but very low sugar treats. So she doesn't even need to eat protein with these treats. Those, what's in the lunchbox are uh, smart sweets. They're those gummy bears or gummy mm, fish, mm -hmm. smart sweet brand, very, very, very low sugar, but delicious. She gets 
five because she's five. She came up with that. <laughs> cool. She originally got four because she's four. Yeah. Now she gets five because she's five. <laughs> she's going to have five of those. Um, Smart Sweets also makes suckers. There's a couple other sucker brands that are very, very low sugar, like less than one gram of sugar per sucker. Um, so she can have a sucker. She can have those. There's these, we order these, uh, there's like dark chocolate. She'll eat like 90% dark chocolate. Wow. So we get these like little like 85, 90% dark chocolate squares, also very, very low in sugar. She can have one of those as long as it's not close to bedtime because of the caffeine and the chocolate. But um, mostly she chooses the smart sweets or the or the sucker. So she can have any of those any time of day. Any other treats she wants, like we have some different little higher sugar chocolates or we have some like mango bites and some things that are, in our opinion, like a little too sweet deep by mm-hmm. themselves. She just has to have protein with that. So if she wants a different treat, then she needs to eat a meat stick, um, Perfect. you know, or a, or a half a hot dog or a ham roll or some kind of protein that she likes, and you know, an egg. Uh, and so that's the negotiation, but she can have the, 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 the treats that are low sugar anytime. Then it's like, but it's, but it's still only one a day. So she's yeah. not just like eating the whole bag. <laughs> totally. Totally. Now we we do something similar and, um, I love that you're always thinking about protein because I would say right now, present day, one of our biggest issues in society is we don't pay attention enough to protein. We don't prioritize it. No. We're not increasing our muscle mass. I mean, the metabolic, sort of holy grail is our muscle, right? And that's mm-hmm. made from mm-hmm. protein. And it is, as yeah. we all know, it's essential. You can't just get that stuff for nothing. You actually have to eat it. Otherwise, you're right. breaking it down and that's not what you want to do. You don't want to break down your yeah. own muscle mass to you know, provide that essential right. you know, nutrient that you have to have to survive. Mm-hmm. So protein is yep. key. And I, I found- blocks. Yeah, I found with our kids, we always do, um, like you mentioned, some of these beef sticks, have them available all the time. We have, there's one, I forget which brand it is, that there's a- there's a beef stick available that also comes with like a cheese stick and, and, you know, dairy is important to make sure it's quality dairy. We don't do any dairy really as, as milk hardly ever, but we do do cheeses. We like cheeses in our house. So like a meat and cheese roll and things like that, we can, you know, let the kids have ad will, you know, they they, they can reach for those kinds of things without. We use a lot of, uh, hydrolyzed beef powder as well. We mix this, that's, there's different brands, Kelly Levesque, yeah, you yeah. All, like Kelly has a brand. There's a new one called Noble Foods out that I love. That's a mixture of beef, collagen, uh, organ blend. It's got like wow. liver and heart uh, and as well as colostrum all mixed together. And that one tastes really good. We mix that into like pancakes or or cereal milk or we'll make her like a hot chocolate with the pro- with protein enhanced or pro- we bake these muffins. Kelly Levesque has like a zucchini protein muffin. It's like beef powder and zucchini in a little muffin mix. So just, you know, just it, really everything she eats has some kind of protein. Like never will we serve carbs by themselves. I mean, you can mix a scoop of collagen into mac and cheese. I mean, if yeah. you want to, <laughs> you know, you can fit, sneak collagen into anything. We've yeah. started using collagen in our baby food products. We have a line of smoothies now that are veggie based smoothies with coconut milk and grass fed collagen. And it's such a great way to get added protein because it's such a great protein source grass for grass fed beef protein, but it doesn't taste super strong. So collagen is a great way to, to sneak protein into lots of other foods your kids are already eating. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. And uh, yeah, yeah, somehow that didn't come up. We've podcasted together, Kelly and I, and I don't remember even talking about the beef mm. powder, but yeah, I'm going to have to yep. check that out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm always product. looking for options like that because, you know, if you, kids will be kids, right? If their friends, you know, talk about having pancakes for breakfast. You want to make them a healthier version of pancakes. And, and you know, we use protein right. powder a lot for that sort of thing, but I hadn't uh, done any meat powder. So that's kind of cool. That gives me another, another uh, option to have in that toolbox, yeah. if you will, because I think it's so important. I mean, protein is key. It's critical. It's essential. Like we talked about. Um, the other thing I, I'm curious as she's gotten older, I mean, I know, like you said, she's going to be exposed to some, uh, not so healthy op options, whether it be at a friend's play group or a birthday party or things like that. Have you ever noticed with her that she'll try something to be like, Hey dad, you know, I tried this, whatever. And it wasn't really that good. Or has she kind of had some sense of a uh, little bit of mindfulness with eating? I mean, I'm curious yeah, your experience. That's a good question. I know last Halloween, we let her just eat as much candy as she wanted. We just were like, we're just going to try that. Like, this, it's Halloween night. Eat it, eat it as you want. And she ate about four pieces before she said her stomach hurt. <laughs> and we pointed out, we're like, yeah, have you ate a bunch of candy? And she put it away and she did not eat any more candy. And she remembers that, like, when we, she talks about eating more candy or other, she'll be like, oh, yeah, that'll hurt my stomach. Like, she knows from that experience yeah. that like her, you know, too much sugar, too much processed food. She hasn't tried a lot of the other stuff. She'd probably love it. <laughs> Ultimately hyper the hyper palatable, hyper palatable yeah. <laughs> food. I mean, I, you know, we try to keep her away from it because, you know, I'm sure she'll try it eventually. Things like veggie straws are probably like the worst of that, that she's gotten, mm -hmm. which aren't that bad, but you know, it's not great oil. It's rice. Yeah. Like I'd rather her not eat them and we don't buy them, but it's like, if that's the worst she gets, it's, you know, it's not quite a cheese it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. No, I love that uh, you cued her into that or she even offered it. Hey, I didn't really feel that good. And I, I yeah. can definitely say with our kids, we've had a similar experience and we, it's never even a fight anymore. I mean, in fact, they don't really even like getting candy. They like putting the costumes on and kind of doing the thing mm. with friends and knocking on doors, but they come home and they're like, ah, we don't even really want this. They might pick out one or two things and you know, yeah. I've literally found bags of candy from prior years in their closet unopened because wow. they just didn't really care, which it's amazing, which I know you're familiar with this. But what I found, I feel like uh, when we get our guts healthy, we don't tend to really crave that much of the, you know, junk foods, if you will. It's just the hyperpalatable mm -hmm. foods because our, our, our gut is healthy and we tend to have a better makeup of cells. There, usually bacteria are prominent, but once we get that gut healthier, they, you know, the cravings mostly go away. I mean, and our kids have shown us that I've experienced it myself. I used to be a big ice cream fanatic. I would have it every night for decades and haven't really done that mm. in, in 10 years. Cause I just got my gut healthy. And I'm curious, do you play um, a role or does gut health play a role in your decision-making um, with the things that you make in your products, as well as what you feed, you know, your daughter and things like that? What, what's the role that gut health plays in, in your mind? Yeah. Great question. Gut health is huge. I mean, if there's one of the most important things the paleo movement brought was the attention on gut health and this understanding of the gut microbiome mm -hmm. uh, with the, using the ancestral approach to as a baseline, but then looking at the scientific evidence around gut. And there's still very little research done. I mean, the gut is a is a whole universe. It's like we haven't explored the ocean, right? Yeah. It's like our gut is like the ocean of our body. Like we have no idea all the complexity, the billions of microbe and organisms and what affects it, what doesn't, what causes leaky gut. So there's still a lot of science being done, but it's like, but what is very clear is the relationship between gut health and almost every other 
d- disease or or issue, including autism, right? The the there's a lot of relationship of gut health and autism. There's yeah, a, totally. The, you know the gut brain they call that. Mm-hmm. So it's a so it's a huge thing for us. Uh, you know, babies' guts are are being developed. Um, a lot of babies are C-section these days, so they're coming from behind. Uh, you know, C-section babies don't get as much, many of the microbes, even vaginal born babies are washed too quickly and using antimicrobial soaps and stuff that really, so, you know, we didn't wash our baby for like, you know, weeks uh, and things like that. So there's a lot, we have a whole blog on how to repair the gut microbiome post C-section um, that we did for our, our C-section baby. Our baby was breached. So had to do a C-section. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we had a home birth planned, turned into, turned into C-section, super mm-hmm. unfortunate, but a very common story. Yeah. And so they're coming from behind. So we're, you know, look at a lot of focus on, on gut health. Uh, obviously the, the same foods that are nutritious, mm-hmm. breast milk inspired, breast milk actually very good for the gut. That's designed yep. to improve the baby's gut and set them up, for, set them up well. Um, a lot of formulas on the market are terrible for the gut, the seed <laughs> yeah. oils and the, and the corn syrups and that kind of thing. So the formula we create is also as, as gut healthy as possible, the most similar to breast milk as possible. But then, yeah, meats. I mean, nothing's better for the gut than meats and fat. You know, like they're really easy to digest. They feed the microbiome really well. Um, babies do need some fiber. You know, fiber helps with the prebiotics, mm-hmm. but they don't really need that much fiber. Like fiber is is an important thing. We do we actually include fiber in our our formula. It's one of the only formulas to include. Yeah, fiber I believe you put in. inulin in there. Is that yeah, right? we have inulin in there. That's right. Cool. So that helps feed the <laughs> feed the microbiome. And you know, our pouches all have vegetables, so there's that good fiber mm-hmm. uh, from you know from the from the the whole vegetables in there. Um, we have pr- products with bone broth, uh, so we have a line of bone broth pouches. That obviously bone broth is really great for the gut, improving the gut lining. And then we we I called it sp- pouch spiking. We used to add all kinds of stuff to her pouches. We'd add probiotics. Uh, you know, we'd add um, you know, vitamin D or DHA, you know, little drops or little powders. We were like opening up a probiotic pill and mixing it into the pouch and mixing it up and giving it to her. <laughs> so, you know, all now we do probiotic powders like in that like the chocolate milk that I described mm-hmm. with the with the beef powder plus some probiotic. I throw in some glutamine, some inulin, oh, yeah. some mushrooms, some <laughs> functional mushrooms mixed with that noble chocolate uh beef and uh, beef powder mixed with a little bit of nut pod or um uh or koya, koya keto. We like these koya drinks. She really likes those. They have some pea protein in them. Um, she doesn't do dairy. She gets a break. She breaks out. She gets cow dairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we have to, to fig- figure that out for her, but, um, but yeah, gut's huge for us. And I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm recently diagnosed with leaky gut again, like despite all the work, I just did another round of tests. I actually went to, I was great. And then I went to, to Europe and I ate a bunch of gluten <laughs> in, in Italy. Cause like, yeah. oh, easy to do. It's a different wheat, right? It's not the dwarf it's wheat that we're wheat. used to. It's fine. <laughs> I do I the same. Didn't feel sick. Like my stomach was fine. Uh-huh. So I came back and I just uh-huh. got it back re-addicted to it because uh-huh. gluten's actually yeah. highly addictive. Mm-hmm. And so I basically came back and was addicted. Now I was like, oh, I don't need to be gluten-free anymore. I'm eating da- be gluten and I'm fine and I'm fine until <laughs> it's like migraine city. Oh, no. And I'm like all detox, you know, toxic and all these migraines. And I do another round of tests. I'm like, oh, I got leaky gut again. Uh, so it's very sensitive. <laughs> like even on a paleo diet with some gluten was enough to like disrupt that. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm back on gut, you know, gut health protocol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, but it's, but it's huge. There, There is a, a, a new gut health test for babies and kids called tiny health. Mm. That's really cool. They do a, a, a stool sample 
mm-hmm. for babies and toddlers and compare it to all these other babies and toddlers that they've tested. So, which is really the only way to do gut health because we don't, we know so little, all we can do is compare yeah, data compare, to other yeah. people. And so because they've tested thousands of babies, they're like, well, these babies have eczema and we give them these probiotics uh-huh. and the eczema goes away. And so if you have eczema, you take these probiotics, you know, so that's about the, that's about the best you can do. And that's mm-hmm. what they've done. They've, they've consolidated all this data from babies and they recommend probiotics and supplements to uh, repopulate the the microbiome and, it, and some of these ailments go away. Eczema being a, a big one. That's a mm-hmm. common Absolutely. gut health related uh, thing. So that's called tiny health. They're really great. They're also based in Austin, uh, so yeah, gut health's huge. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And I think, thankfully, now at least most people have heard of it. <laughs> I know when I was in medical school, gosh, twenty five or so years ago, none of us had heard of it. And we were like, "What gut? Yeah. What?" I mean, <laughs> right. And at least now it's you know it's more common, and even many physicians out there are at least aware. They're not not many are super well versed, and they still don't. At least I don't think they do get taught about it in medical school much because it's just you know right. it takes twenty plus years for the new stuff to make it into a medical school. It's just sadly the way it is. <laughs> But at least yep. it's becoming more well-known. And its I feel like it's like you said, it's like the ocean. We are literally just barely scratching the surface. There's so much that we still don't know. But what we do know mm-hmm. is exciting. And yes, yeah. there's so many conditions that at the end of the day are related to the health of your gut, whether it be skin conditions, like you mentioned, eczema and all sorts of uh, dermatitis, for example, will have roots. In it. And I've mm-hmm. found, especially with food sensitivities, food allergies, lots of that has to do with the gut and the health thereof or the lack of health. And the cool part is that stuff can be fixed fairly readily, like you're doing right now, yeah. you know, after your little gluten right. <laughs> experiment. Yeah, binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, that's awesome. I, I think that, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, you and I, and there's a bunch of us like-minded folks out there, but it's the masses still are not really focusing on, you know, getting our kids healthy, getting, I mean, the, the stats are abhorrent right now, present day, you know, the obesity in adults is 40 plus percent, 70 some odd percent overweight in kids. It's starting to follow suit kids, you know, their rates of both the prevalence thereof of obesity and being overweight is going up every single year. Mm -hmm. We mentioned the ultra processed diet is getting to be more of a percentage rather than less, you know, post COVID it's even gotten worse. Like what are your thoughts or how how do we fix that as a society with respect to, let's just talk about our kids for a second. How how do we fix that? Super sad. You know, one in five kids is diagnosed obese. Mm -hmm. One in five is pre-diabetic or diabetic. Mm -hmm. One in five will be diagnosed with a mental or emotional disorder by the age of 16. So, you know, we've got an epidemic. Yeah health epidemic with our children. And it, like you said, it's going up, it's getting worse and worse. And nobody wants this. Nobody's trying to make this happen. You know, it's not, I don't believe there's, you know, people are evil or vindictive trying to poison our children. So we've got a systemic, highly systemic problems. Um, we've got that, that are, it's a very, it's a very big answer to your question, but ultimately par- any parent you meet wants to feed their kids healthy. Mm-hmm. Like that's all they want. Their other kids are grow up healthy, happy, successful. It's all any parent wants. And they're incredibly busy. They're incredibly overworked. They're filled with all kinds of misinformation. Uh, and you know, and they and they don't necessarily have, have access to the right information. The healthcare system, you know, only wants to perpetuate itself. More drugs, you know, more operations, mm-hmm. if you can even access the healthcare system. And, you know, you go to the, the grocery store, the cheapest and most readily available foods are all 
uh, really, really unhealthy. Even a lot of stuff that's branded as healthy is actually still pretty bad for the gut. A lot of grains, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of grain-based stuff that's considered healthy that is terrible for the gut. Uh, a lot of organic stuff is still sh- high in sugar. So it's very, very tough <laughs> yeah. to, uh, you know, plus then, then the parents are up against all this media and commercials and hyper palatable foods that kids get addicted to. And you're just trying to get your kid to eat it all. And of course, the hyper palatable foods are not only cheaper, but easy to get them to eat. Um, and kids are very resilient, so they can eat a lot of that crap and not have an odd, obvious reaction. Some kids like my wife get super sick. Or like me, you know, with autism, but like a lot of kids, they, you know, they tolerate it, but Mm -hmm. then, you know, they have emotional issues, they have whatever, uh, they get sick, they grow up, they get cancer, whatever. So the long-term effects are hard to, hard to calculate, but ultimately it's just really hard. And so for, for our part of our mission is to make it easier for Mm -hmm. parents to feed their kids healthy. And we're starting with baby food because yeah. that was the the most needy population, and the, the parents are in a very new space of learning and education in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a baby; they're learning what's good for their kids. So for us, it was an opportunity to like educate and and make it easy. Say, hey, not only are these the best food for your kid, but here they are, shelf stable in a pouch. You know, make them yourself if you can. But who you know, you're going to be busy. There's a lot going on. So we we've got this taken care of for you. We have you metal tested. So, you know, we've got very uh, thorough supply and um, sourcing and quality standards. We get the best of the best meats, you know, regenerative meats, pasture-raised meats, organic vegetables, you know, really good, healthy oils like olive oil, avocado oil. Yeah. Uh, you can't even find some of these ingredients if you wanted to make it yourself. So we make it real easy for, for, for parents of babies. And we want to keep doing this. We have a lot of future products in mind for kids and yeah. older kids. So hopefully we'll come out with some your elementary school kids you'll you'll get to Yeah, to hopefully it'll it make its next, way. Yeah, make its way into <laughs> to Hawaii. Yeah, the next wave of products is going to be for children's food because cool. you know that the old we feel like that's the the fastest way to help making kids healthier is to make better packaged foods because yeah. packaged foods aren't going anywhere. Yeah. And if we can make them taste great, if we can make them taste almost as good <laughs> as the hyper palatable mm-hmm. stuff with real food ingredients, but in those formats that parents are already familiar with and kids already love, like that's the secret. Of course, they're going to cost more. So, you know, not everybody's going to be able to afford them in the immediate, which is unfortunate, but at least those who do know and are willing to make that investment in their kids' health and in food, uh, but they just need something that kids will eat. You know, that's our, that's our mission. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I, I love that you're starting young because these things are, it's its the foundation, right? I mean, we are literally growing new humans and they're doing so with, sadly, all the crappy stuff we're throwing at them, which starts, like you know, very early on when, when their pediatrician is saying, oh, introduce the rice cereal or use this baby formula that's full of soybean oil or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yeah. the options just aren't there. And I know you guys have, have tried really hard to not include those, you know, seed oils, if you will, that what I like to call the industrial oils, you know, mm-hmm. the most common ones, of course, being the soybean oil, the canola oil, doesn't matter if they're organic or not, they're still highly I processed. Them, I call them cancer oils. <laughs> yeah, I really? Them. I mean, they're <laughs> terrible. And so yeah. I'm curious, what's the reception been? And on that end, uh, I know at least at the outset, the formula, you know, could only be marketed as a toddler formula. Is that still the case? And what, what's still the reception the in, the, in the local communities and doctors mm-hmm. and things? What's the reception like? Yeah, our formula is, you know, revolutionary. It's it's the most like breast milk yeah. of any formula ever created. You know, we re, we rebuilt formula from the ground up. We we dissected breast milk. Oh, yeah, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, medical biophysicist, read every paper 
scientific paper on breast milk globally, everything written in English, over 200 papers that she studied and mapped the nutritional profile of breast milk. And then we looked at hundreds of ingredients to mimic uh, the the nutritional profile of breast milk. So, uh, so it's the closest thing. It's still not breast milk, of course, but it's but it's closer than anything else. The FDA, there's nothing more regulated than than infant <laughs> formula. Like infant formula is regulated like a drug, uh, but even worse than drugs. Like it's like even more regulated than most mm. drugs. Like it'd be easier to get a new drug approved <laughs> than to get infant formula approved. So they make it so hard uh, that it's very hard to innovate. And the the legislation that governs formula was was based on science from the 70s. It's the Infant Formula Act of 1980. <laughs> Has never been updated, uh, so like you know the regulations and the rules for formula are ancient. Mm-hmm. Europe updates their formula laws every couple of years, so European formula laws super up to date. All the most recent nutrition, so that's why European formulas tend to be better because they're it's easier to innovate, it's easier to get a new product to market. Mm. Um, in America, you almost have to be one of these massive companies. <laughs> a few companies have have raised money and done it, uh, so we've seen a few new formulas, but it takes years, it takes up to five years. So wow. even the formulas coming out today are are five years old. That's mm-hmm. from data from five years ago, right? Which it's, it's changing so fast. So we took the shorter route, which is to create a toddler formula, mm. which is still regulated, but not as intensely regulated as infant formula. The biggest caveat is we're not allowed to say you can feed it to a baby under 12 months old. Yeah. Um, and so it has to say 12 months it up. Mm-hmm. So parents have to use their own best judgment around whether or not to give it to their infant. Uh, they can talk to their healthcare provider and they can do their own research. And mm-hmm. so a lot of parents are feeding it to their infants. You know, we we fed toddler formula to our infant when we had to because our, our breast milk supply was low, um, you know, because that was more, the toddler formulas were were better than the infant formulas ultimately. Sure. And so a lot of people understand that and are doing that, but, you know, it's, it's not going to be a, a huge product until it's infant certified, which mm-hmm. we will get it infant certified like oh, that cool. will so happen. Oh, cool. still working on that. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, we are working on it. It will, it will happen eventually. Actually, you know, it's a very long and expensive process. So in the meantime, we decided to go and get the formula out there for the moms who needed it. Um, it is still great for toddlers too. I mean, there's no reason toddlers mm-hmm. and, and older kids can't drink it. You know, it's based from regenerative A2. Yeah, A2 milk. is what I, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah and that's very hard to find. Getting getting to be a little bit more, you know, readily available, still not that available, but I would say, and I think now people are starting to learn more about this, and, and there's been a lot of data that's been compiled over the years into certain of the childhood diseases that are spiking, like diabetes, for example, type 1 diabetes is increasing in prevalence, and yeah. I feel like uh, there's some some data to suggest that too much regular cow's milk, the A1 version that most kids get might have some play into that as well as gluten. Gluten's a big trigger and that's being brought to light a little bit more and more nowadays. And so using the A2 version of the casein, which is much better tolerated, which our own human breast milk is A2 milk, as you know, I think is super important to have available. And so you guys are crushing it. You know, I I keep, keep up the good work with getting that, you know, it's, it's a lengthy process as you say, but don't, don't give up. I think it's worth it. The mission is definitely worth it. And, uh, I, I just, it's encouraging for, you know, doctors like me to see not only innovation, but to see true, you know, health inspired (laughs) creations that are not just, you know, the classic pharmaceutical inspired Uh things, which have much different motives. And I don't want to even get into that, but, uh, it's great to see, you know, a real grassroots organization proliferate like yours and, and really 
I think achieving some really big milestones. So, uh, mm, congrats you. on all that you've done thus far. And certainly we hope that you'll succeed with the, uh, the formula, you know, approval and things with the infant, uh, classification one way or another and, we won't yeah. stop till we do that's that's our that's our ethic you know yeah. we'll we'll get formula we'll keep making baby foods and toddler foods got a lot of new stuff coming out we're going to make kids foods you know so we're as far as i'm concerned we're going to be the the nation's leading natural baby and children's food company I want our kids to grow up knowing the Serenity brand, like we knew Kraft and Chef Boyardee. That's what I want. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you're it. off to a great yeah. start. I feel like, and you know, having just the products available in so many places is incredible. Where we live in the different places, Hawaii and other places, it's harder to get some of these things, but they are popping up, and we're just. It, I mean, for a parent, any parent, to see that there's better options it's really reassuring and it's it it just for me it just helps me to just feel like there's hope because you and i yeah. i mean we grew up with pretty garbage foods and it's i think we can make a real difference and you're doing that so i appreciate you and serenity and what you guys are doing um tell us any you know what what are your thoughts uh, looking forward what what are the you know besides you know the the formula and the fda and things like that what are your biggest challenges and and what what would you say the future looks like with respect to just kids getting healthier yeah, you know, growth, gro growing a company like this is, is is very hard, especially how fast we've grown. Mm -hmm. Serenity and I did not have food background; we'd never run a corporation, you know. So we've thirty employees and and multiple vice presidents and uh, investor groups, and uh, you know, dealing with the the food industry and the FDA and and quality issues and. Uh, manufacturing and supply chain, all this stuff is very yeah. complicated. So there's a big learning curve. Uh, so a lot of the challenge and, you know, plus we're, we're, we're running this together while raising our daughter, mm -hmm. doing anything with a kid is extra hard. And, and, you know, we have to put a lot of energy into our relationship to make sure that we don't just become coworkers and talk about the business all the time, <laughs> you know, so we have to maintain connection to, to ourselves, but ultimately it's a, this, it's a spiritual challenge. You know, it's a constant accepting that we're on the right path, that the challenges that we come up against are designed for us, not against us, that there's a way mm. to overcome them, uh, that we're that we're doing, we're following, you know, what the universe has told us to do here, and that there's no way to lose, you know, that we're doing one day at a time. There's a lot of risk, there's a lot of fear. Our whole lives are tied up in this. Anything can happen, you know? <laughs> so it's just, we have to trust that we're on the right track, that we've yeah. learned a lot, that we're really blessed to have this opportunity to have these products for our daughter, to to be able to, to, feed, to feed kids. If it all ended tomorrow, it was worth it, you know? And just kind of that that attitude of, of positivity and, and surrender that whatever happens is what's meant to happen. And it's a lot of work to do, a lot of, of challenges, uh, but we're, you know, we're on the right path. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And you mentioned my favorite vitamin. You didn't even know it was a vitamin, but vitamin C for connection. I really feel mm. like that is mm -hmm. one of the most important things for humanity. And it's, I yeah. think, sadly, present day, 2023, a lot of us are missing that connection. And yes. I really feel like when you dig deep and you look back at all the data on the blue zones, what they really share in common is not a good diet. They all have a decent diet, but it's really the connection. I feel like that right. is that secret ingredient. Uh, the mm -hmm. community. And so um, maybe as a parting thought, what's your favorite way to connect with your wife and daughter? What do you guys like to do together? Oh. What What are the things that kind of enliven, you know, that connection and relationship and just keep you excited about moving forward in the future? What do you guys like to do? Yeah, together? we love going to nature. 
We all love being in nature. We hike, we have a inflatable kayak. Uh, Austin, Texas has a lot of great nature. So we are able to go to nature. We live right down the street from a, from a trail. Uh, and so, you know, we like to go camping and so we love being out in nature. Our daughter loves to collect rocks and to collect bugs and, and build things and make stuff and, you know, be out in nature, campfires and kayaking and that kind of thing. That's the thing we all love doing together. Um, I also love making costumes. So my daughter and I like to dress up <laughs> awesome. for stuff. My wife, my wife certainly like tolerates the cost. She'll, she'll wear our, our group <laughs> Halloween costume. She'll, she's a good sport. Uh, she doesn't love it like I do, but this Halloween season's my favorite where I always do a family. Our daughter picks the family costume for the uh, year and we make family costumes, but a lot of like kids' birthdays have themes and stuff. Mm. So we get to get to dress up in costumes. That's so cool. And it's right around the corner. Yeah. Maybe we'll release right. this before uh, Halloween because I think yeah. it's just a lot of fun. It's one of my younger kids' favorite <laughs> yeah. times. So the get fun. dressed up part is just too cool. I mean, you get to yeah. be whatever for that night. And um, like we both said, like the candy, who cares, right? I mean, but the, yeah. the costumes, the mm-hmm. community. Play a character. And play, uh, I always make them. I always make our costumes. I never buy, uh, buy costumes. So we're always like hot gluing and painting and wow. cardboard cutting and figuring out how to make stuff. That's the funnest part. Okay, we well, got to tell me then. You're, you got me full of suspense. What's been your favorite one that you've created? The theme or the the costumes of the past? Because I don't. I, maybe oh, you man. don't want to tell us what's in for this year. Maybe it's a surprise. But what what have favorite you done? Favorite one? That, yeah. Or, well, or, or last ones, year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, last year she wanted to be the Teen Titans, which is like a like a teenage superhero group. Okay. And she was Starfire, uh, and I was Robin. And my wife was Raven, this kind of witch-like mm. character. And then my mom always comes down for Halloween, so she was Beast Boy. Uh, <laughs> and I, I made all those costumes, so you can see that on our Instagram if you want to check it out. But uh, I'm going to look at that. That's awesome. Piece together the, these <laughs> superhero costumes from thrift store clothes and painting and hot glue. Hot glue. We got we got two or three of those glue guns around the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're everywhere. And sometimes it gets stuck to everything too, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love that you guys love connecting in nature. That's my solution to almost everything is uh, nature. Go back to vitamin N, as I call it, for nature. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite things too. So thanks thanks for coming on today, Joe. It's been, been such a pleasure. I'd love for you sure. to just take the last minute or two and just tell us uh, any parting thoughts and of course how people can connect with you, how they can follow you and, and all that important information. Yeah. Share with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, parenting, uh, like, like medicine, like entrepreneurialism, it's all about, I think it's all a spiritual experience. It's an opportunity to grow ourselves and become better. We have kids to challenge us, to to help us heal our childhood wounds. Same thing's true with starting a business. I think same thing's true with being a doctor. It's all about flowing with the moment. You can't control anything. You can't control our bodies. We can't control our children. We can't control what happens in our business, right? We have to to react, to respond, to, to, to do our best, to create the best environment. But a lot of that's about intuition. It's about trusting our, our intuition, about, about flowing with what comes, being surrendered. So, you know, I call that serenity parenting where we're <laughs> finding the serenity, not it's always peaceful, but that it's like the serenity prayer, like accept the things I cannot change, mm-hmm. change the things I can, have the wisdom to know the difference. You know, to me, that's the the nature of serenity is acceptance of, of you know, I, I change what I can, do my best to make the best environment uh, for my gut, for my kid, for our business, for our patients, uh, you know, but ultimately can't control it and have to have to flow with that one step at a time. 
Yeah. Wow. How beautiful. Thank, thank you for that. It's definitely like that. And like you said, it's not a serene experience raising kids because there's a lot of energy and <laughs> yeah. there are moments, quiet moments, but there's definitely a yes. lot of not so quiet, rambunctious moments and it's all yes. beautiful. Wouldn't trade it. Yeah. <laughs> so how can people follow you, reach out to you, connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah. We have a great website. MySerenityKids.com has all our products. The best deals are there on our subscription programs. So you mm-hmm. can set it and forget it there. We're also on Amazon uh, and Instagram, Facebook, hashtag my serenity kids. Amazing. And, and most grocery stores, pretty much every grocery store you go to, you can find us in the baby aisle. Yeah. What a huge milestone. That's, that's so awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for that. And thanks for coming on. It's been a real treat. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to hear your perspectives and you know, your daughter, wow, how blessed is she to kind of grow up with mm-hmm. this and have these options that you're now putting out there for all the other kids and, and infants and, and young ones, toddlers and the like. So keep up the good work, man. That mission is thanks. strong. And I think that's yeah. like you said, at the end of the day, you know, just getting that mission to keep going is the most important because there's always hurdles, challenges, and you've seen plenty, yeah. still have plenty, and but For you're sure. moving right along. So keep keep up yeah. the good work. Keep Thanks. on. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Educating people, spreading the word, treating people. You know, it's a, it's great work. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Big aloha and mahalo from all of us here at the Unshakable Health Podcast, man. Appreciate you. All right. Aloha. All right. What a pleasure. That was so much fun to chat with Joe, the co-founder of Serenity Kids, and their mission is amazing. I hope you'll check them out. If you do have kids and you are looking for better quality baby food and soon-to-be baby formula, they actually do have a quote-unquote toddler formula, which... uh, is amazing. Amazing stuff, good ingredients, and they're trying to creep into that market of baby formula, which is, has a lot of hurdles, but they're pushing through and they're such cool people. And I just enjoyed this chat so much with Joe. I hope you did as well. And so please share it. Please share it out on social media. Tag me, share it with a friend, a family member. Make sure you invite them to become part of the movement and to follow me at Dr. Thomas Hemingway, Dr. Thomas Hemingway on Instagram, Thomas Hemingway MD on Facebook, all the places. And give me a shout out. Let me know what you're loving. Let me know what you're learning. And if you drop a review, remember over there on Amazon or on Apple, I will enter you in to win a free copy of my book. And I can't wait to get that out. We're going to be drawing a couple of names here real quick. We're also doing an amazing program called the Thrive Community, where you will join like-minded people. You will get Zoom calls with me, and you can be in a chat that basically you can ask questions, and it's, it's amazing. It's highly supportive. It's a great environment. Join like-minded individuals and be able to jump on Zoom, uh, Zoom calls with me. So until next time, a big aloha.